Happy Spooktober to everyone. I'm your host as always, DJ Tricky Kid. The group Luna has morphed into Lucymbol for reasons that are not altogether pleasant. The result were great, and they just brought their U.S. debut ceremony to Fort Worth. We were not entirely informed, and we take responsibility for that. Know some things that I feel were purposely misleading. I am absolutely determined that today's show is not going to be a bummer. I go to the show and I'm confused and I express my confusion mm-hmm. and I feel like I did so in a positive way. It could have, it probably could have been a little nicer <laughs> in hindsight. And to my rescue, who is now the guest, I, <laughs> I am honored to welcome Aisha to This Is K-Pop. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. There is a lot to unpack here. (laughs) There's a lot of baggage there. (laughs) Unpack it for us. Let's take it back to the beginning. 2016, when the Luna Project begins. An ambitious $10 million program, 10 times normal K-pop groups spend to do this. Their creative director, Jaden Jong, will later say it was more like two. We just fluffed the numbers. Lee Q. Tay. The arms dealer is the former police officer. The colorful character, the Ilkwan group does really well. And eventually they decide to broaden their horizons into health, education, and entertainment. His son, Lee Jong-myung, is the CEO of Polaris. The publicly known shell company. Fast forward to 2015, the sexual harassment thing with Ladies Code under Polaris. Right. A tragic story as well that ultimately ended with non-payment. Clara says the father is sexually harassing her. Later, he will be indicted for threatening her life. Meanwhile, the government of Korea is investigating Ilkwon Group for bribery and embezzlement, and eventually they'll get him on it, and he'll spend four years in prison. While they're doing this investigation, they seize all of Ilkwon Group and their subsidiaries, putting a halt on Polaris activities. And all this, Blackberry created the subsidiary of Polaris, is formed in 2016 is mentioned when a database maintained by South Korea's National Tax Service as having avoided paying almost $22.5 million in taxes since 2003. And the father is accused of not paying 15 million taxes. When tickets went on sale, what was expectations of what you were going to see that night? All it said was debut ceremony, an informal meet and greet. Privy to some information. When I got the press release, promoting the concert, it did say Luna Assemble. I just didn't know the story. Mm-hmm. And I stand with those girls. We stand with anybody that's been through that. I'm not saying this is exclusive to Luna. The advertising was purposely misleading. It was confusing. Luna Assemble, they were going through troubles with their former company. I missed the first two songs. When they finally did a third song, it was 90 minutes into the thing. They're doing a slideshow of random pictures already on their Instagram account. That's free. Instead of performing songs, they showed three music videos in a row. You could watch at home for free on YouTube. So I, I took, I did take exception to that. If you did go, you had a good time, you felt like you got your money's worth, who were we to tell you what to spend your money on? I heard from one that was working with those people say K-pop fans would pay a premium to watch these girls read the phone book. That's a quote, okay? And they proved it. The whole thing should have been scrapped. 
rebrand and come back with a full show. We only got six songs. That would have been the honest thing. They also would have been best for the girls. They would have had more time. I, I am not into conspiracy theories, but something else that scares me. If you look on our feed, we get no less than six, 700 retweets, 15 to 20,000 impressions. After I spoke up about this whole thing, most don't even have a single like. That can't be a coincidence. Our voice has been silenced. And we expressed our experience and tried to end with something supportive and positive. If I get a ticket to see Metallica, it is not my responsibility as their con consumer to know everything about their personal lives. It's not a requirement. It is their requirement to entertain me, the consumer that has bought a ticket to their show. If their organization did something purposely misleading to salvage a tour that was overpriced and underattended, I'm going to use my voice to speak out about it. I have no agenda to attack anyone. We are fans too. I was super looking forward to seeing the show. And there was some confusion. A lot of the show was talking and getting to know the girls. I do see why that could have been confusing. Everybody was just really rude. An odd, odd vibe. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with more Tricky Kid Radio. To our friends at Will Rogers Auditorium, we want to thank them so much for bringing these great K-pop groups. Over at Dickie's Arena, coming up, they have Steve Trevino, Kathleen Madigan, and David Spade. Tickets go to dickiesarena.com and stay tuned for that big announcement. Shout out to our girl, Whitney Blake, who oversees Dickie's Arena in Fort Worth, as well as Will Rogers Auditorium. And now, back with more Tricky Kid Radio. The group debuted in 2018, and the public just vibed with you. And BBC was pushing her out in front. She kept getting gigs like commercials, variety shows. Breakout star of Luna. Yeah. That supports the idea she was getting too big for her britches. Now she's the queen of Luna. Is there any example of her acting like that on Queendom? No. Staff was coming out in defense of her. Nothing but glowing praise coming out after this. And BBC has a shady side. Everyone was already against them as opposed to choose it's orbit's day that live in infamy the worst day ever because is there a hierarchy she was is the most recognizable among and, well, other 11 girls the lucimbal girls were in my eyes were less utilized throughout all of luna another reason why we were excited to see them to the underdogs i did not know that until, until just now let's get back to the chronological order she gets accused walk me through what happens from there Nine girls filed injunctions that left Hunjin and Vivi, which is very confusing for them to stay at the company. Vivi's from China. She has a lot of other things to worry about. We think because of Vivi's foreign worker status is a Chinese woman living in Korea. They waited until she got her house in order to where she could legally make the same move as the other girls. December 2021, Chu had filed for injunction. Now we're fast forward to December of 2022. Nine girls have filed for injunction after expelling Chu from the group. And so the next big thing was an article from Dispatch. Compare them to TMZ. It came out that revenue was company got 70, girls got 30, and then expenses were split 
it perpetually put the girls in debt. Yes, that's what it's designed to do, to keep them mm -hmm. under control. This came to light earlier in 22, had a lot of uh, solo activities, variety shows, commercials, in the face of Dasani Water. She was on a charity show and the host was like, you must be doing really good financially. And she goes, no, not really. And he's like, what? And she just kind of laughed it off and the show proceeded. At the end, they did the bit where she had all the charity money and give it to whoever needed it. And he grabbed the bag from her. He's like, I'm really worried about you financially. She laughed it off. At the time, it was really weird. There's a reason why bands have managers and agents. It's who lobbies for them versus the corporation. When you have a young person literally live at the company, that feeds them, clothes them, they're not going to rock that boat until it hit this wall emotionally, financially, whatever. An American manager makes 20% of an artist's income. I wanted people to know how are these girls getting paid? What are they getting paid? What is the, the standard? You're seeing other people out there that are thriving, that aren't trapped in these types of things. Did Blockberry have any kind of reputation prior to all this as being a little... Yeah, yeah, you know. Blockberry was owned by a parent company called Polaris. Blockberry CEO, we'll call him B. The Polaris CEO, we'll call him A. A was B's dad. So there's kind of some nepotism there. Polaris also had a group called Lovely Girls. It's an awful space, awful time for the girls. That CEO wound up going to jail, tax evasion. Beyond Polaris is their company, an arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> there was a company called Donuts that had $350,000 and wanted them to use their app called My Live. And all they had to do was shoot like 14 things. They did maybe four. Yojin, the, the youngest of the group, did like maybe four. And they just never did anything else. So Donuts sued them. And that's when BBC was like, we don't have any money. We can't pay you back. Was this public knowledge? Everything that I've spoken about. Yeah. How did Luna become part of the BBC organization? Was, was Luna with another company before? No, opened their doors, started getting trainees. I'm interested in the math because BBC said it was a $10 million endeavor to get this started. And that's the girl's burden. They have to pay back. Jaden Jong, the creative director, later came out and said well, that was a, a fluff number. It was more like $2 million. To put it into reference... Twice has nine members. It costs them 500000 to debut. And so you hear 12-member Luna, $10 million. It's 10 times the amount. They were literally ambushed to sign the contract. Hey, sign this and you'll be in the group. If not, we got to pick someone else. She started digging in the numbers and realized what they signed. Okay. And that's why she filed for injunction in December. She had big brand deals. She was bringing in millions. In America, that would have been funneled through her agent and her own management company. Mm -hmm. She got 50,000 at the end of it. <laughs> and got her injunction from the company. It's basically a pause until we can get to a court date. She wanted it terminated completely. She had the benefit of these solo activities to bring in other revenue. The girls didn't have that. While they're going through all these discussions, she didn't want to do Queendom or the album, but she didn't want to leave her girls basically. So she signed a supplemental agreement. She recorded this conversation. She has a YouTube channel called Chew Can Do It. 
they're like, we'll get 50% of that. And she was like, no, you don't touch my solo activities. The next was, how are they going to proceed as Luna? K-pop usually produces something in the summer and they announced the comeback and everyone's like, no, boycott, boycott. So they had a 98% drop in sales. K-pop stores, we stand with Luna. We're not going to sell their merch. It's amazing to watch. How are you receiving that type of information? Korean news sites, the girls used to do a podcast called Frequency of the Moon, where they would share these stories. A news article called uh, Lie of the Month, an inside joke because Luna, their K-pop name is Idela Sonio, means girls of the month. Gotcha. Saying BBC was throwing out this comeback just to detract from the Brad Press. Shortly after that, nine girls filed for injunction, but only for one. That was Heejin, Kim Lip, Jin Sol, and Cherry. And they go to Mod House and oh, 2023, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hunjin and Vivi, the ones that stayed with the company, file for injunction. Shortly after Blockberry tried to get Chu blacklisted, they go to Kima, the Korean Entertainment Management Association, and the court dismissed. The girls that didn't win their injunction had their contracts altered. And I wouldn't say for the betterment. So why would Blockberry do that for these girls, but not for these girls? The other girls were probably scared. They're already in it bad. It gets so ridiculous to the point this company, BY4M, the court looks at them. Are you going to try to go for the other girls that won injunction? No. Do you make that a promise? Yeah. Did those girls eventually get their injunctions? How did we land on Loose Symbol? Yes, they got their injunctions. And as to how Loose Symbol formed, somebody that worked with the company previous started a CTD Entertainment in September 2022. Jaden Jong, the villain of the Luna story, created Mod House, wanted to stay together. And Mod House was the only way to make that happen. Did they just get themselves in another bad situation? Now there's two new companies in the mix, Mod House and, and CTD. CTD, who are both em former employees of BlockBerry. Mm -hmm. The five girls that did not mm -hmm. that are go to CTTV, those are the five girls that make up Loose Symbol, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, okay. Two of the YYXY girls that experienced Jaden, they're in Loose Symbol, the four girls under Mod House, they form Artemis. Odd Eye Circle, sub subunit in Luna. CTD puts five girls together as loose symbol. Mm -hmm. But when they come to America, all the advertisers did not say loose symbol. It all said Luna. The whole time Blockberry had them, they never trademarked Luna. <laughs> That's why the inmates have taken over the asylum. Every member of Luna uh, has won a favorable decision and your contract termination lawsuit against the agency BlockBerry Creative, hereafter BlockBerry, freeing them up for entertainment activities, BlockBerry still has no plans to give up. Mm. As all have won their injunctions in the lawsuit to suspend the effect of their exclusive contracts, it seems they will not experience significant restrictions on their activities for the time being, but the matter is not closed. Legally speaking, indeed, BlockBerry appears to be banking on a reversal in, in, the, in the primary lawsuits. BlockBerry has already objected to the ruling in a primary suit against Chu, who was already pre preparing for solo activities in a case they lost in August. They have appealed and a hearing is scheduled for October, which is, I think it's happening actually on Monday, actually. Furthermore, BlockBerry is also currently engaged in a second primary suit 
in the Seoul Northern District Court, the SNDC's 11th Civil Suits Division has scheduled a second hearing date for November the 16th in the case to determine non-existence of exclusive contract effect involving Hyen, Jin Sul, Kim Lip, and Choeri. Speaking with Star News, Blackberry officials continue to maintain that we have done nothing wrong and we find it simply absurd. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with more Tricky Kid Radio. As we take our final break, we are going to play some music. Lou Simple has released their first EP on September 15th, the first single sensitive. And there's a great video too on YouTube. And at the show, they showed uh, the video and then performed the song. But before I do that, I want to tell you about something uh, special and, uh, and very personal. We supporting athletics, especially at local cheer programs. We had Morgan Seminary on the show, and she was so wonderful and lovely. On my other show, Growing Up 80s, I talk a lot about growing up in Arkansas. While waiting to get our tires changed, I struck up a conversation with this gal about my age and find out she's also from Little Rock. I can tell with her friendliness and good nature. People from Arkansas are the best people in the world. Ernesta Franklin, and she's a head of this really great nonprofit. So give me an opportunity here to let me tell you a little bit about it and how you can also make a difference and make a donation. Her program, CHEER, is an anagram that stands for Clinic Helping Enhance Extraordinary Results. Their mission is to empower youth to become full participants in their community, to promote and influence extracurricular activities, and their focus is cheer and dance. And they believe, and so do we, that sportsmanship is a hidden passion that leads to leadership development. Make a donation www.gocheercampclinic.com and right there in the upper right hand corner there is a donate button Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, PayPal any way you want to make it. The next five people that do and show me I will match the highest one. I'm so proud to use my voice and platform to lend support to something that is making such a difference in young people's lives, in their communities. Reach out to them at C-H-E-E-R-200321 at gmail.com. Find out how you can get involved with Cheer today. And now, the very first single from the Loose Symbols EP, Sensitive. And we'll be right back with more. This is K-Pop.
Hi, this is Natalie Cox. I play Juno Eclipse in The Force Unleashed, and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Tanner. 2019 orbits called The Drought. It begins with their second album, which is supposed to be released in February. Cacao M is a distributor. No one could find the album because it was put under another artist named Luna. On the iTunes front, the album's doing really well. Luna's going to be number one, the first girl group outside of the big three to get number one worldwide on iTunes, and the album disappears. Apple will later come out and say the distributor just wanted to sell them as singles, so that's why they removed the album. Everything is going wrong for Luna this year. Jaden John comes stepping away from Blockberry. Just another blow. The ray of light during this year is the girls attending KCON. They have no idea how big they are overseas. KCON of 2019 is known as LunaCon. So they got to feel that love. Blockberry like just isn't going to give up as the article that you read, August, sometime in August, Chu finally won her lawsuit against, not lawsuit, but contract termination against Blockberry. And this was something that started in 2021 sometime and continued until August 2023. And this was something that for her could have ended in 2022 like she didn't have to sign the supplemental agreement but she did it because she loved her members so if anything to leave with to leave with that is that they truly are a group and their family and Chu has her solo coming out on the 18th Eugene has a solo Hustle again Hustle she has a mini concert the 26th through the 29th and what's so heartwarming about that is She's always said, like, she wants, even if it's just a small group of people, she wants a mini concert, and Mod House is giving that to her. Do do you know what a brony is? Like the My Little Pony people? Yes. Okay. You got that reference. I wanted to make a a parallel. K-pop fans tend to take issue with older people, specifically older males attending the shows. (laughs) Right. Usually when people perform... Typically, the people that they're performing to often look like them. You're going to go see Olivia Rodrigo. The girls in the audience are going to be about her age, mirror each other. I I have noticed almost everybody in the front row was older, nerdy, white dudes. 100% unfuckable, (laughs) white, nerdy. I wonder if that's weird. 
for young Asian girls to be coming to America and that's who's coming to see them. I was like, wait a minute, are we bronies? <laughs> are My Little Pony speaks to this certain sect of male because it taps into something essentially clinical. Asperger's, aut autistic, autistic things. Is that what's happening here? <laughs> and they're an employee situation, but I, I love it so much I would go anyway. I don't go to a K-pop show because I find it to be erotic. <laughs> At the same time, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. The girls are absolutely flawless. It also speaks to the fact that I really have no interest in seeing any of the K-pop boy bands. Generally, if I'm hearing people sing, I like it to hear a female voice. If I'm going to, to a show, I'm married to an Asian gal. It never occurred to me. There's a whole sect of young girls that look over. And is that what they're thinking of us? Are they thinking that either we're autistic bronies or we're just creepers? And is there people out there that are actually doing that, validating their fears? There's bad actors everywhere. When you're a young person, you want something that's entirely yours. I can remember a time when Metallica was ours. Nobody knew who they were. It was just me and my little stoner friends. They spoke to us. They belonged to us. An album a few years later, my aunt was asking to borrow. So I could see when they go to a K-pop show, they don't want to see Uncle Ted with better seats in front of them. Immature minds assume what reason could he possibly be here yeah. other than he's just some old dude that can't get laid that wants to look at some young Asian pussy. It's hard to be crude, but that's not what's going on there. I'm sorry you're having to share the space with us, but we're not going anywhere. In my musical journey, I'm, I really didn't think there was going to be this whole new layer that comes with my preferred aesthetic. I wanted to talk about toxic positivity. Are you guys familiar with the band called 311? Shout out to the bass player, Aaron Wills. He's a great friend of mine. His name is Peanut. They do this 311 day on March the 11th. It's like KCON for 311. I experienced something that I would call toxic positivity. There was this air of, it wasn't real. That level of positivity, I'm not, not within the band, but within the fans, mm. that's not reality either. That in and of itself is toxic. When my children cry, it may be annoying, but I have to let them. It's okay. I thought the Loose Symbols show really wasn't up to spec. It's okay that I thought that Twice was way more energetic than Mama Moon. That's reality. There should be a space to be able to express that. You have to be 1,000% positive and supportive or we're going to become toxic and send you death threats. The formula of the show is designed to create toxic positivity. In between songs, when the girls are talking and they're following a script that they clearly did not write, nodding is a, a positive affirmation. 311's positivity is what brought me to them. The initial positivity of K-pop is what brought me to it. Mm -hmm. Do you see the parallels there? This isn't inclusive. This isn't diverse. You must think the way that we do. I welcome the pushback because that means you're expressing how you feel. 
we all can't be having the same conversation or otherwise we're not growing. Support the girls and their new endeavors. We hope they'll all come together as 12 again. I just want them to be happy. I so enjoy talking with you. We're all here for one reason, because we love K-pop. I want to learn about this very unique world and be positive. This music brings me a lot of joy. These performances bring me a lot of joy. Meeting wonderful people like Aisha, a lot of joy. And spread that joy, but not at the level of toxic positivity. Uh, it is unfortunate that it does come with some pratfalls. I'm, I'm not going to, to shy away from any of them. I want to make sure the girls are being treated right. I can't sit there and be entertained no matter how good looking and stylish. If I know something shitty, I can't turn a blind eye to that. I want to use my voice and my platform to bring delight. Endless gratitude uh, to my special co-host, Aisha, our resident Luna expert. So great to have met her and have her being part of this. And to play you out, a little special the, the leader of Luna, uh, Chu, her debut EP actually drops tomorrow, October the 18th. It's called How, and we're going to play Underwater. There's already a great video for that up on YouTube that dropped today. So make sure you check that out. And again, thanks again to Aisha. We'll be back next week talking about Stacy, whose tour hits on the 19th here in Dallas. I'm your host as always, DJ Tricky Kid for my co-host Aisha. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've learned a few things. I know that I have, and we will see you next week. Tricky Kid Radio is distributed by iHeartRadio and is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Google Play Store. Subscribe for free on the iHeartRadio app or on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to Tricky Kid TV on YouTube.com for a stunning visual look at all the fun we have here, plus exclusive content, short films, and more. Follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle, at TrickyKid2, type Tricky Kid Radio Podcast on Facebook, and DJ Tricky Kid on Instagram. Speaking of which, subscribe now to Roy Turner's alter ego DJ Tricky Kid's amazing Twitch channel at twitch.tv for retro gaming, exclusive DJ sets, as well as DJ instruction and live streaming of Tricky Kid Radio, where you, the audience, can participate and interact with our guests. Don't miss a single stream, so you can be up to date on the latest on all things Tricky Kid. Subscribe now at twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid.
어디가 끝인지 모르겠어 